join and I will get you into arts bullshit. Nope. God damn it. Um, so yeah, so just, I don't know if it's worth doing a recap if anybody wanted to, cause not a ton happened last time. Um, and Rex, you said you were able to listen to some of it. Uh, yes. Uh, so there were some, um, pretty dubious reasoning about some kind of toxin administered through a blow dart that, what? you know, and then, oh, it was, it was hollow. That's how I got two ounces uh, in this dart into this guy, you know. What? And then there was, uh, yes. Yeah. And then there was a super soft GM going, oh, okay, I'll make him fight worse. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> And Fair. then there were exactly, and then there was some three-on-one action, and I actually I, I, turned I, I, the, Rex I turned out at me. In. Yeah, for some reason, I don't even know why. I, here <laughs> I am, just saving the party, and you know this is the thanks I, I get. So. I mean, see, what's weird is I actually felt my leadership continuing to carry the party, even <laughs> when I was not participating in the session. <laughs> is, is, is that what, what I, you felt? Is that what you felt? I, yeah, that's I'm not the one who said "em in the tank." That's that was somebody else. <laughs> so all I remember is, oh, yeah, this guy hits even. Oh, his armor stops. It. Oh, this guy hits even. Oh, his armor stops. It, so no damage. Is that so, all you remember? Huh. Funny. Funny how that is. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> you may have I have to check your audio setup, I think. I, I think, think that's the stuff. only relevant and important information <laughs> in the recap oh, is that shit. I led us to victory in the mine. Um, uh, there was, uh, and then there was some triage with some wounded people and uh, a carefully managed withdrawal from the mine to make sure that our wounded, valuable members of society could be restored to their most useful and helpful condition. <laughs> I mean, sounds about right, right? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like the my, was, it sounds like the political science description of what happened. So yes, exactly. <laughs> I did. I did carefully weigh all of the viewpoints to come up with a yes, you did a blended and just interpretation of the quote unquote facts. <laughs> quote unquote facts. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Um... Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that's that's not a bad description of what happened. Um, yes! <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, I mean, this kind of interaction can happen in any game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we... Uh, but basically, yeah, you continued exploring into the mine. You had a second fight because of technical difficulties. It consumed more of the session than I hoped. At the end of it, you, you prevailed, but it was a bit pyrrhic. Um, wow. Og Ogder, uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, Odger, uh, the red shirt from town, was grievously wounded, and uh, Weldon was also pretty seriously wounded, both requiring different degrees of surgery. So, you know, Duck, you managed to um, sort of custom build uh, like a, a, a wounded cart from pieces of like the carts um, oh, that you found. I, I thought I didn't do anything useful. That was my impression. Just <laughs> no, no, you, uh, yeah, you, okay. you built that and you succeeded wildly and um yeah so you're able to make great time back to the town of Loban 
And um, so my fear is I don't know if any of these maps are going to work, and I don't know why. Um, cool. So... At least and, uh, the Alakon region map is working. Is that one working? Can you see on that? Yeah, that one I can see normal. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll, you know, you know, for the listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to start sort of funneling towards a wrap up. It might be I don't, we can just fast forward to the end tonight or if we want to have one more session, whatever. Um, but what I'll have you do is I'll have you get back to Loban, you know, without incident. You, you have your wounded, um, you know, and you find unless you want to go through all these details, you find someone that can, you know, you know, take care of them there in town. Um, and while you're there, you know, you see everybody sort of whisper, 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 and you realize that, you know, something has sort of transpired since you've last come to town. And, um, what's happened is, um, oops, let me just see if I can find him. Uh, Uh, Sir Merald Haribor, the son of the sheriff of Sir Malden Haribor, has actually come to Loban uh, because the task that you were given by the sheriff was head over to Loban, check in and come right back with a status update. And it's been about six days since you left. And he needed that information kind of quickly because they're trying to coordinate something for the sheriff to present to his father, the king, at this, you know, tournament of chivalry, which is only a couple of weeks away. And he sort of was hoping to have had the good news before now, and he didn't get it. And so he sent, he dispatched his son, Sir Merald, to the town, and he's at the manor, uh, sort of coming to terms with what's actually happened. Now, I don't know if, can you guys see anything on this map? Uh... I can see doors. Yeah, I can, I can see doors yeah, as well. Exactly. But you can't actually see the grounds, the building, anything. Nope. Nope. Jesus. So weird. Um, I don't even know what where to start. Let me try uh, manage modules. Let me just try something really quickly. Um, let me turn off because I'm not going to need this for the maps that I need it for. So let me see what happens if I turn that off. Okay, let me know when you guys uh, come back on, if that's any better. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for some reason, Simple Fog is screwing everything up. Like, the entire mm. maps are being covered with Simple Fog. Now, there were certain maps that I absolutely needed Simple Fog for. One was the Sandbox map, um, and another was a map that we're not going to get to. Um, so I'm just going to turn it off and let yeah. you guys be able to actually see. All right, um, cool. So, yeah, so you, you come back to the manor and you see, like, uh, Sir Malden is there. Um, and he's sort of like, we'll pretend we're all inside. He was sort of going through, uh, oh, Bon, uh, what was his name? Sir Cathal. He was sort of going through his office and sort of like, this is sort of a disgrace and what was going on here. But when you guys come in, he turns around and you can tell, like, he's, he's, his face is bright red, but Eamon, he looks right at you and he kind of smiles that, oh, you fucker, I got you now. You fucked up kind of smile. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just looks at you and says, so just when were you planning on telling me that you were, you know, 
um, leading an insurrection against our sheriff and going against his wishes. <laughs> Even had thought about this eventuality, so he just gives a smile back and uh, reaches into a little sack that he's got tied around his his waist and pulls out an orc head or a gargoon head and throws it at the feet. I think <laughs> my service to our sheriff um, is above reproach. Nice of you to show up after all the hard work is done. <laughs> and and as the head rolls over, there's a small dart sticking in the exactly. side of it. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a hollow dart. <laughs> that yeah, no one... well, because the poison's already done its job. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that no one needs to pay any attention to. It's not even worth talking no, about. No, not, no. Exactly. <laughs> and so he looks at that, and uh, he said, Eamon, the things that my father was asking are far bigger than just an orc head lying in the middle of a courtyard. You know, I, I, I you're not party to what's going on, but believe me when I say my father needed the information more than he needed a couple of Ted, a dead gargoon. The situation was far worse than anyone realized when I arrived. And I realized then that had the sheriff been standing here, he would have approved of each and every step I took to stabilize the situation and ensure that no embarrassment came to him. If matters here had been left unchecked, who knows how the upcoming festival might have been disrupted. All right. Um, really quickly, give me a, that sounds like a, a rhetoric. See if you can give me a rhetoric check just to see what's going on here. I can give you the check. I just can't give you a successful check. Mm -hmm. so. And one thing we've never used that we can is piety points. Just remember there are piety points that you have available. You have 21 Rex that you okay. have available to spend as a bonus on any roll. Do I have to um, spend them before I see the result or can I you wait? Do. Yeah, unfortunately, it's sort of like, a, I want to add a plus 20 to this roll. So you sort of have to feel it out before you. Uh... So my rhetoric, my ML is 47. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I think I probably want that to be higher. Yeah. So, so like I don't know if to, you. Where are my piety points stored? So if you go down to your ritual skills on the same skill sheet, you'll see SB, ML, EML, and then piety 21. Now, unfortunately, I don't think you can adjust it here. You have to click the little pencil off to the right. Got it. Um, and let me really quickly do this. I'm going to spend 10. Okay. And that way I'll save the other 11 for my pending execution. So, <laughs> um, bow, bow, bow. Okay. And let me go back up. And it's been long enough. Do I just click where it says rhetoric? So I click on the mm -hmm. icon. Just click the word, yeah, and it should work. And then, and when then it I, should bring up a box. Add the... Yep, modifier. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see if this is a good use of my piety. Oh, my God. Nice. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so he looks at you for a second. He's like, I see what you're saying. You know, there was, you know, there were unknowns here that could have blown back in my father's face. But I'm, you know, I'm still concerned, though, that, you know, there were unknowns that that could have blown up in my father's face and he's still unaware of them. Um, 
And I believe we need to head back to Olakond post-haste and uh, and deliver this news to my father in person. He needs to know this as soon as possible. Uh, may I make a suggestion? If both of us were to leave and go back, I'm not sure that there would be any leadership here. Um, there are still pending problems. There's an unresolved issue with the barbarians across the river. Um, while the mine has been cleared of gargoons and hopefully the miners will return to work, uh, it's going to be a challenge to collect the tithe in a timely fashion. Obviously, you as the son uh, are the uh, most most competent and most uh appropriate person to stay here and exercise that leadership. I will humbly pass the reins to you and I will make my way back to deliver the report on the events that have taken place. And, uh, so, uh, he's, uh, sort of confused. He's also sort of, oops, I grabbed the wrong guy. He's like, that's your goddamn right. I'm in charge here. Um, and uh, he says, yeah, he's not sh- like he doesn't trust you. But at the same time, what he's <laughs> you're also like sort of flattering him in a weird way. And he's like, he's sort of mixing for it. Yeah. And um, almost like I grew up with this prick. <laughs> right. And he's like, yeah, do that. I'll stay here, um, you know, as my father's son um, and oversee you know, the matters here on his behalf, which you are clearly as just some outsider, not, not equipped to do. Um, and each, so then he, each and every, each and every day, the thought that got me through the day was knowing you and thinking, how would you handle each problem that came up? <laughs> He's like, well, I hope that that served you well. <laughs> it was it was extremely useful for me to think of how you would approach each of these problems. Nice. Eisenbart looks at Bartram and kind of mimes like high stepping. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then you know, Sir, um, what's his name, uh, Samrald? He looks at the rest of you. and says, "Well, I mean, you've done your service for my father." Um, Go back to Olakon. Don't go all back to Olakon. I honestly couldn't care less what happens to you from here on out. Um, my father Classic. thanks you for his service, and um, and so what would you guys like to do? Eamon, are are you going to head back to Olakon then? Is that the I want to? Uh, y- y- yes, um, okay. but I do want to talk to Eisenbart, particularly okay. if he's going back to Olakon as well. Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to think about this. Um... I think I would head back. Okay. I think, yeah. I probably don't need to say why. So okay. But um, And Bartram, what about you? You can go back. You don't have to go back. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would go back because this was just a job that I was, you know, doing. Okay, so I did my job, and so I would go back. I mean, it's not like I had any dream to, to come over here and live here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, we never quite find out what happens with um with volunteer does he stick around and take over one of the farms that are now vacant because of all the lost souls here in Loban I'll have to ask Blair what he thinks um 
I feel like uh, we need we need to use your film school skills to make this like a um, Animal like House this. end of the exactly. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, you know, so we'll, we won't assume anything either way about volunteer at the moment. Um, but yeah, so you, you know, you sort of gather your belongings. Um, you know, as you're leaving, you, uh, hear Moral sort of say, by gods, what is this, you know, plaque of, you know, uh, I forget the, the crest. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a crest from the other, the, the yeah. minor the minor house that wasn't yes, supposed yeah. to be in that region right right, right. Like, what's that what's that crest doing here and that's you know from Baron Uthris Pierstel mm-hmm. um and yeah so you know that's sort of what you hear as you uh, head on out and um yeah so you get back to I hope it's okay we're sort of really speeding through this um, I want to I want a scene on the road with Eisenberg okay yeah yeah so let's for the time being let's um. You know, you're going to be making your way back. I can tell you, like, I'm not rolling random encounters or anything like that. So uh, whatever you guys want to do. So once we're, you know, out of town and we're kind of into the the just the normal routine of a trip, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, if I remember correctly, we walked. Uh, and I think maybe we had a cart. Is that correct? Yeah, donkeys, definitely. So, yeah, we'll okay. say if you wanted a cart. Yeah. So, um, so once we're kind of in that routine, everyone's just doing their thing. That I'm gonna um, just kind of pace myself with eyes and barts and mm-hmm. observe. I, I didn't realize how vast and varied your experiences as a tutor must have been. Well, it appears that you've mastered skills far beyond any other tutor that I have ever encountered. My tutoring is both uh, on the uh, history and natural sciences, as well as the physical arts. So, yes, I have to be well-versed in, in many skills. So I apologize for obviously underestimating you uh, through the course of our journey there and now this journey back. My eyes. Be so bold as to wonder aloud as to what your real interest in Auckland might be and whether your interest and my interests might be brought into alignment so that they could serve each other. Uh, I'm wor- I certainly won't stop you from wondering aloud, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> So if I were to wonder aloud about what your interest might be and how it might align with mine, what would your response be? Well, it certainly uh, it depends on what those wonderings are. I don't know. You may be completely uh, you may you may have misconceptions about me and then I would, uh, you know, perhaps tell you that. I you know. I perceive that you're far more than a simple tutor. Let's start there. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I still uh, let's. Uh, sometimes I teach my students the art of uh, abstracted discussion. So let's take a set. Let's let's uh, let's not admit to any factual evidence, but let's take a <laughs> hypothetical situation <laughs> where this were true. Uh, if I were such a person, would not I perhaps want to know 
you know, to put it perhaps crudely, what's in it for me before I would admit to anything of the sort? Hypothetically, of course. Well, uh, I would I would like to think that possibly you also underestimated me prior to taking this journey, and you may now have a better sense of what skills I offer and my ability to find the right word at the right time mm. to unlock doors and smooth over difficulties and open new opportunities. I perceive that there's an opportunity with the sheriff to present to him that you and I and our band of brothers have much more to offer him and offer Auckland than he previously realized. Mm. Well, uh, as to uh, your skills, certainly I've been uh, impressed with your ability to weave quite a tale as you uh, <laughs> <laughs> took over the town. Uh, yes, uh, that was certainly very impressive. And yes, I mean, of course, uh, you know, uh, I'm always glad to keep uh, skilled people as yourself as friends and look for mutual opportunities. Um, I'm curious what specifically you're thinking in this hypothetical world that we've constructed, uh, where I am something more than a tutor, uh, that we would be offering the sheriff. Clearly, the sheriff is distracted by his own obligations and his aspirations. And what we saw in Loban convinces me that he may not have a f as firm and clear an understanding of the conditions, the wealth, the ambitions of those that reside within his jurisdiction. Clearly, he had no idea how desperate things were in Loban. If we could bring that information to his light, to light, and help him see that maybe too many people are too comfortable in their positions of power that have been bequeathed to them, that he might find it better to place power in the hands of those who are more productive. Eisenbach's eyes twinkle when he mentions people in power. <laughs> and and Bartram, are, are you sort of hanging back? Are you eavesdropping? Well, are you at all yeah, part so, of this conversation? So I was going to interject in a minute or two. I was going to say this is where then, you know, Bartram, I, I figured like this is a morning conversation, right? And I was kind of cooking mm -hmm. breakfast. So mm -hmm. right about when like they're getting really serious, I, <laughs> I, I come by, Bertram comes by and he's cooked up some sausage. And so he's got a piece of sausage in his crotch area, kind of flipping it up and down. Going, hey, you guys want some of my sausage? <laughs> and uh, and then I see this, I see the seriousness on their faces, and I'm like, oh, no, uh, no, no. I, I, I want to. If you want to try and see the seriousness on Eisenbart's face, you got to roll because he would okay. immediately switch into like, oh, good man, good man. Yes, I will. I would love to bite your sausage. Come over here. Like and it's gonna be it's like a switch. He would immediately flip over. You would I'll, you'd be hard it, pressed to notice him. Give me an awareness roll. I was gonna uh, say it's an awareness, right? And can I roll can, can I fight him with Yeah, uh, you can do an opposed roll. Intrigue of, or something. Yeah, give me intrigue. 
He's going to have to roll against Eamon because Eamon's reaction would be the same. That uh, he would want to switch gears immediately. So. Mm. Yeah, you want to roll as well, Rex? Sure. I Um, mean, again, if you want, you know, make sure you star rhetoric, awareness, intrigue, if you feel like it. Ooh. Okay. Um, uh, there's a reason okay. Eisenbart's good at what he does, man. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Pete, would you know, were you sort of focused on Eisenbart or would you sort of catch something out of the corner of your eye with Eamon? Uh, well, I, I would I would just focus on uh, 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 Eisenbart because he would have reacted, you know, the way I would want him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and okay. with Eamon, I would have been like, Oh yeah, he didn't think it's very funny. So, <laughs> right. That's so I stiff. thought. So so as it turns out, I thought I was like really entertaining Eisenbart. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> all right. He he likes me. All right, that yeah, dude gets it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He is your best friend. Right. <laughs> all right. Um. Okay. Cool. And uh, so yeah. So and then I wander away. I was going to say, then do you wander <laughs> away and the conversation continues, or did you sort of say everything you were going to say, Rex? Or? Well, no, I, I got a few more things. So, okay. um, I see that you are quite adept at revealing is the least amount you need to reveal in any particular situation, Eisenbart. So, let me ask you a more direct question. Is there an interest you have that you worry I might run afoul of a thing or an activity you wish me to avoid in Akalon. I, I and I think Eisenbart would uh, would kind of stare at him for a second, and he'd say, "You know, um, in this this hypothetical world we've constructed, uh, yeah, or and in the real world, it's always good to have friends." And uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know, like you know, I have a in this this hypothetical Eisenbart who. Uh, you know, who we've constructed and, you know, are perhaps debating about, you know, you might, uh, I think you're probably a smart enough guy that you would uh, probably understand uh, what those skills are generally used for. Um, And if you don't have a problem with that, uh, certainly, yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to, uh, you know, with uh, the hypothetical Eisenbart and perhaps, you know, certain other influential figures in Olacon would be willing to support you um, in your um, uh, your bid to, uh, how shall we say it, um, bring justice uh, and and fairness to the halls of power, you know, for you know, of course, for the friendship that uh, I'm sure you would offer them. I would not be so bold as to guess as to your true upbringing and your true status. But I will tell you from my experience, a person like me um, is constrained and limited by the traditional structures of our society and our law. Oftentimes those structures uh, and traditions really are just meant to protect people who deserve no protection and are too weak to hold the power that's been given to them. 
So I understand that for someone like me to be of the best service to Akaland, that some of those traditions, some of those laws must give way at the appropriate time. Pragmatism. Pragmatism, precisely. Mm-hmm. It's sure. a constitution, not a suicide pact. Yep. I think we have, uh, I, I, I think in, uh, you know, your, your discussions with this hypothetical uh, Eisenbart, uh, there may have passed an understanding. Nothing firm, but sure, an understanding. If I can leave this conversation simply knowing that I can count you as a friend, I will consider it most productive. Certainly. Well, that's true, even for the non-hypothetical Eisenbart. And he smiles, but you can tell it's it's only on his face. Mm-hmm. Yet once again, your ability to deliver lessons is uh, quite impressive. Well, yes, yes, that is... That is my calling, is my passion. <laughs> All right. Eamon's good. All right. All right. Um, yeah, and, and Pete, was there anything else that you, or did you sort of take care of it with the, the sausage dick? <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I you know, I was you know, when when I hear them say something about friends, you know, I can put oh are we friends? <laughs> <laughs> and and Eisenbart goes Little ships, big ships. <laughs> the best ships are friendships. Nice. All right. So, yeah. So you get your way back to um, Olakand and you make your way to. Um, I'll just, oh, God. This map's fucking huge. Um, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so are you, are you guys actually on the map? I don't know how this work. Yeah, I see a circle. I, I see it. Okay. I'm guessing it's part of a castle courtyard or something. Yeah, yeah so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, <laughs> if disabled, entire scene, because who cares? Um, Ooh, holy this is, shit. This is one of four or five Olicon castle maps. This is the ground floor. Um, Sexy. Yeah, yeah. The Harn has beautiful maps, um, yeah. but I don't know why I insisted on doing them at this scale. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you make your way back to the castle, and you eventually find your way. Um, you know, that would have been a of, fun dungeon crawl. <laughs> yeah. You sort of... Um, I forget what level of the castle. Maybe it was this one. You know, you're sort of... You make your way back, and you sort of get summoned back to sort of where it all began. You know, you're in the sort of hall. Um, Meralda's is not there. Um, Can I retcon one thing? Sure, of course. Uh, when I finished my conversation with Eisenbart, mm-hmm. I took those, uh, that letter from the sheriff that never actually got opened and read, and I dropped it in the the breakfast cooking fire. Okay. And Doc, I remember you have a letter from right. to Sir Cathler. Are you still sort of holding oh, on to that, it? Oh yeah. No, no one knows about that but me. And it's okay. Cool. Tucked tucked away uh in my inside inside pocket. All right. Um, right. And you'll have to remind me what that was. Uh so basically it was a letter from uh 
Pierstall Uthril or whatever of the other uh, keep saying to Sir Cathal, why don't you let me help you out instead of the sheriff? I'll help uh, okay. provide so security. This, so this would be great blackmail fodder for this other small like I could you know, I could threaten to show this to the sheriff and get some basic blackmail out of it material from either one of those guys probably. Probably, yes. Okay. Um, there's Eisenbart, there's I'm not sure you could really get much out of Sir Cathal at this point. <laughs> no, but... no, no. Yeah, the other guy. <laughs> I mean, and it's to him, so he could say, Well, I never got it, but yeah, for whoever was sent it would be mm-hmm. Yeah. And and just above the table, what uh Eisenbart would probably do with that. Like, he's kind of like you know, he's a thief, he works in the guild, you know, but he's the kind of in the uh you know, he's a political scientist. So he um <laughs> works he works as a tutor. No, no, he's just he's just not like a smash and grab guy, right? He he gets in, he uh and so this is why he actually the conversation with um uh what the fuck's your Eamon was perfect. Like this is his job, like and uh, and I'm just deciding this now, but like he, you know, he finds out things. He's kind of like a spy for the Thieves Guild. So, and he's not above a little smash and grab, but, you know, he'll, usually he'll farm that out. Like he'll say, you know, he'll like tell the guild about, you know, opportunities and stuff. And that's why I think he went on this trip. But so this would be something where he'll go back to his council and he'll show it to them and they'll all decide like what's the best way to use this information. But yeah, unless they feel like, like none of the other characters are going to see it because it's, this is this is probably like the most valuable thing he's gotten out of this trip. Okay. Um, good to know. Okay, so cool. So you, um, as you make your way back, you know, word gets to uh, Sir Malden, the sheriff, and he, you know, summons you to, like I was saying, where it all began, uh, this sort of hall where he takes meetings and takes meals. And uh, he says, you know, Eamon, welcome back, but I'm confused. Where's... Uh, Where's my son, and what took you so long? What news do you bring of Loban? It uh, is... So, but wait, let's... Can we... Maybe we need to retcon something. Would... Is... Is Eamon... Would Eamon like... Is he... Is he going to ask for anything specific from Eisenbart before this meeting, or is he going to wing it in here? Um... Well, I... You know... Certainly, he would have walked through. There's obviously going to be a meeting with the sheriff. Obviously, mm-hmm. the sheriff's going to be unhappy about you know certain aspects of this. Mm-hmm. But it's it's my goal to convince the sheriff that the actions that we took uh, were necessary actions. They were in the best interest of the sheriff and of, I always forget. Are we calling this the county? Is that correct? County of Auckland. Uh, yeah, let's call it that. Yeah, um, there's a there's a word for it, and I can't remember it. Right. Um, All right. Well, let's just see how this goes. Okay. I'm here so for I mean, it. I, I would have certainly, I would have known that there was going to be an audience, and how the audience went was going to have a dramatic impact on how I fared. So I yeah. certainly would have would have talked through, you know, he's probably going to say this, and I'm thinking about saying that. So if Eisenbart yeah. had any like who's uh, you know, I guess for art uh who's is there like a you know council like there's so there's the sheriff 
looks mm-hmm. like his wife. Like, do we know? Yeah. Like, who else was? Is there? Does he have like an inner council or somebody? Uh, he. I don't know if there's a guy um, right here. Is he showing What's up on the map? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is the short of the sheriff's right hand man. Um, and that person's name is let's see Olakon Castle. Uh, Sir Gerard Odesart. Okay. Um. Yeah. Whoops. Let me. Would there be any any other kind of uh, figure like local dignitaries that could conceivably be in this audience? I'm thinking if there was someone that you know was basically controlled by uh, the thieves guild, we could have them here as a. Ah. Uh, okay. Um. I didn't have anybody in mind, but if there's some advice, I mean, you could even have. Uh. Yeah. You could even have Sir Gerard Odessart on your payroll if you want. Yeah, let's do that if you're if uh, you're amenable. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um So yeah, so let's just say that yeah, he um you know, he so gives he, you sort he, of the he, finger on the side of the nose cuz Yeah, I mean, it, it, there may have even been like if, you know, before the audience um I would have given him a like a a, a five-word note and they're all gibberish, but Mm. He would have been able to figure it out. It's basically something to the effect of, uh, you know, it would, it would have Eamon's name. Like Eamon's going to tell a story. Uh, it should be believable. Okay. Uh, all right. And yeah. So like you know, uh, the sheriff says, you know, Eamon, where's what news you bring of Loban, and and where's my son? I ask that you brace yourself. I also ask that you withhold response until I can convey all of the important details. This story is both tragic and yet hopeful at the end. <laughs> and um, before you get too far, Lady Arietta's is like, what news do you have of my son? Don't speak in riddles. Is my son all right? Your son decided uh, that it was most appropriate that he remain in represent your interest in Loban while I brought you back the news of the various tragedies that have unfolded. I, of course, would not question your son's assertion of that uh, authority, and I obeyed his directive to return here and report to you. He should be well if things were as they were when I left. And uh, she she seems to be doing more of the talking. She's like, oh, you insolent little bastard, you. And then you see uh, the sheriff sort of gently touch her forearm and say, you know, Arietta, Arietta, just take it easy. And Sir Malden looks at you for a second and uh, says, you know, I, I apologize, Eamon. I'm sure your, um, your intentions are, are for the best. And, you know, my wife... You know, she means no no offense, and um, your intentions have always been for the best. That was one of the greatest things about having you grow up here, um, here in the castle. And uh, and then he sort of gets wistful for a moment. He's like, and, you know, <laughs> of course, your mother always meant a great deal to me. And at that mention, Lady Aretta goes purple. She's, <laughs> she's, if she could stand up and kill everybody in the room, she would. But she just sort of grits her teeth, and eventually the color drains from her face. And um, 
Eisenbart's stone-faced, but inside he's grinning like a madman. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, this is worth something. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, he's like, yeah, your, your mother always meant a great deal. Um, it was always... It was always wonderful to have her presence here, you know, God rest her soul at the castle. And uh, again, Aretta is just fucking irate at the mention of your mom. <laughs> Were we talking about Jon Snow in the Discord for this one? Was that what it was? <laughs> right. And so, of course, I now have to apologize to him that the, the uh, unwarranted kindness of his words have, have actually struck me. I'm a little overwhelmed at this point, but I will do the best to relay all the important facts that I learned and the things that we did. And I want to take a moment and say that each of those who accompanied me played an immeasurable role in the good we were able to do and the harm we were able to avoid. Sheriff, you have been let down in the, uh, the most shocking manner. The situation in Loban when we arrived was critical. Sir Cathal was clearly, had lost all ability to understand what was going on. Uh, one of the main mines had been overrun by Gargoon. He had managed to inflame the passions of the barbarians across the river, bordering on a barbarian invasion. I knew that my job was just to arrive and seek information and return it to you. But I feared at the very depth of my heart that had I left the situation the way I found it and returned, shortly behind me would be an army of barbarians raping and pillaging our fine land and putting in jeopardy everything that you have put in place. So I felt compelled to confront Sir Cathal with the shocking, embarrassing, incompetent performance that he had engaged in. <laughs> Tragically, I may have spoken too sharply for, it is my understanding that Sir Cathal, although he was likely in a drunken fit, took his own life. I then felt compelled to try to mend that which my words, as, as true as they may have been in my youth, I may have been indelicate in presenting them. I felt I owed it to you and owed it to Akaland that I do everything in my power to address the situation. And so then I basically recount you know, the things we did to try to appease the barbarians and the things we did in going to the mind and trying to preserve um, uh, you know, as many people as we can. I make an allusion to or a, a, a vague reference to, you know, the... I don't want to come out and say in front of the large crowd that's potentially mm -hmm. listening to this that there may be some mystical wonky stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I apologize. If we, if we ran that to ground in one of the sessions I missed, I just apologize that I didn't process that. I want to alert him that there's more that may I may need to address in a more private setting. Okay. Um, but the, the primary concerns was that Loban was not going to be able to meet its ties. And on top of that, the borders, our Western borders weren't even secure. And 
Um, that's why I delayed. That's why I did the things that I needed to do. Again, my compatriots who traveled with me each had uh, an incredibly valuable role. And I uh, would beg of you to ensure that they are acknowledged and rewarded uh, for their valiant efforts. And if there's any blame, it must fall solely on me or it was at my urging that they uh, cooperated with me in the things that I asked him to do. Hmm. And Sir Malden, you know, he looks at that and he's like, well, that's grave news. That's not at all what I was expecting. You know, Sir Cathal and I, we go back a ways and, you know, we fought together and I, I thought I had placed uh, Loban in better hands than obviously I did. And I appreciate the service, all of you. And he's sort of cut off at that moment as the door opens. And you see walking in sort of like a, an older gentleman, much older. Um, and you instantly recognize him as King Miganoth, the king of Kaldor and the sheriff's father. And so he just sort of walks in. He's like, Malden, what is it you wanted me to come in here? What is this? Um, you had news. What is it you wanted me to hear? And uh, you sort of get the idea that maybe Sir Malden expected different news and he was, you know, sort of jumping the gun to bring his father on board. Um, and Sir Malden immediately goes, uh, oh, um, and sort of starts stammering and uh, not quite sure what to do in the moment. And so the king sort of, you know, again, he, he's older. He's you're starting to notice, like, he might be in worse, slightly worse health than you've been led to believe. And he sort of struggles and finally takes a seat at the table. And, uh, you know, a cook sort of, you know, brings some food to him and uh, places it in front of him and, you know, brings some some food out in front of the, the sheriff as well. And um, and so he's like, you know, son, what is it you wanted? What, is, what exactly did you get me all the way down here for? Um you know, I, I I feel like I could have taken my meal a lot, you know, closer to where I'm staying, but you insisted on having me here. And sort of uh, Sir Malden starts to stammer, and um, he looks at you guys, and he sort of waves you off, like, don't, don't say anything, because um, this is definitely not the news he was hoping to present to his father. And he's like, well, he's just getting updates from around the kingdom, you know, some things are going on in Loban that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, and, you know, but, you know, we're, you know, it's just, you know, usual affairs, father. There's nothing, nothing worth of any interest. And, you know, King Meganoth, he sort of nods and sort of, you know, gums the bits of turkey in front of him. And uh, he, he gets a little food caught in his throat. And uh, he says, you know, please, somebody pour me a drink. And he waves to one of you guys to hand him, like, the pitcher of wine that's at the end of the table. Um, and I don't know if one of you guys wants to hand it to him or not. Well, I'm assuming Eisenbart's handing it to him. <laughs> sure. I was thinking it would be me too. Why okay. not? Yeah. So you hand him, you hand him the, the wine and he pours himself a glass and, you know, you can see his hands have a little bit of the shake uh, from old age and, you know, a little bit, you know, splashes over the side. And, um, you know, he, he, he sort of washes it down to sort of get that little bit of food out from caught in his throat. And uh, he's like, so Sir Malden, then what is going on around the kingdom? Um, and, you know, so Sir Malden was, you know, he starts explaining like, you know, you, and you can tell like Sir Malden is struggling to come up with a lie, but he, he just flat out says like, you know, 
the mines of Loban are operating on schedule. Not true. Um, you know, the, the payment of, uh, the silver equivalent of a hundred bushels of rye to your coffers should be arriving on time. Not sure about that. Um, and so a lot of things that he wants to be true are what he ends up telling his father. And, uh, you can tell he's getting more and more nervous as he explains these things. And even his wife who, you know, she's, she is now the one who puts her hand on her husband's forearm and like, you know, you need to slow down a little bit here because, uh, this might not be tactically sound. And, um, you know, and as this is all, you know, happening, you know, all of a sudden this king starts to cough a little bit. And then as he continues, he coughs more. And now you suddenly see his face is changing colors. And after a moment, he collapses on the table. And uh, Sir Malden turns to you guys and said, what did you do? And uh, we'll fade to black there. <laughs> I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah. Well, no, I, I saw it coming. The only thing I didn't see was uh, Sir Malden immediately uh, blaming us. So that was well played. So, <laughs> um. yeah. So, like, the, the thing about Kaldor, is that the name of this kingdom? Is is it's it's your typical like sort of game of thronesy kind of setting and the thing that's it's big political deal is an impending um uh crisis of succession mm -hmm. uh so yeah why not just kill the king <laughs> i and um, you know honestly uh when we ever if we ever pick this up again the first thing i want to do is roll for initiative <laughs> <laughs> um why are you yeah, laughing well, <laughs> that's the thing you outnumber him the king's right. dead got poison darts baby we yeah, can pull those got, things out and you got hollow an ally in the room poison darts so. I, well, I mean of course they're hollow that's where you put the poison sure um, um, so the last 30 minutes like I could do that for two and a half hours session after session but I don't know how many other people would uh find that an enjoyable role-playing experience so well the, i uh, mean the problem is like pete would have to build a new character right because you know the only other character who, who can kind of keep up with you even partially is me like you know everybody else like you know a mouse a rat catcher and a cook and uh you know i don't know what the fuck blair was uh farmer, farmer. <laughs> farmer. i wanted to have a farm so yeah yeah so that's the thing. Like, I think we need to like, this is where the session zero part comes in. Right. Like, what, what are we going to do here? And like, you know, then maybe we don't all become, you know, we kind of have some sort of like, so that everybody gets, cause yeah, like, and there's going to be times when, yeah, Rex is going to talk for an hour cause that's what mm -hmm. Rex does. But like, if we had, like, I don't mind playing along with that cause Eisenbart can play into that. Mm -hmm. um, but the other characters, yeah, we'd, it'd be tough. Well, and, and, you know, I was somewhat overstating it, but in other words, a game that's really focused on, you know, like who's allied with who and what's the temperature of the room and what's going on and what, you know, latest problem has come up, you know, it doesn't, all the scenes don't have to be talky-talky, but just kind of that type of setting um, where, 
you know, there could still be things for characters who aren't talky talky characters to do. You know, people got to be yeah. disappeared. Stuff has to be retrieved from places. People have to be followed. Um, you know, muscle may need to be deployed at certain points. You know, maybe you know, we just use the Harn setting books and play Scup. <laughs> well, that's what nice. I was literally. I don't. I don't know what Scup is, but like, you know, it goes back to something we were saying maybe before we started recording. Like, is Harn Master the right system for what you just described? Because I've been, no. you know, looking a little bit more at PBTA recently. It's it's okay. Like, I mean, you can yeah. have those skills, but the Sword, right. the Crown, and the Unspeakable Power. Now, you probably don't oh, okay. have the Unspeakable Power as much in Harn. I don't know. Right. You know sorcery is less. But there's a lot of it's all like we Rex ran that for a mm -hmm. bunch of us. And uh, yeah, I mean, we Jesse's just fucked up and as a player. So, yeah, he does <laughs> crazy stuff. Right. So it was good. Yeah. Right. So uh -huh. the, the premise behind Scup is it is meant to be like PBTA does Game of Thrones. Right. So, <laughs> you know, like most of the playbook characters are, um, you know, people who would be significant in a kingdom and ha might have their own niche uh, of power. And a lot of the powers have to deal with like prevailing over other people, um, you know, gaining certain information. There is a, uh, there's a lot of sex moves, right? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a fantastical element to it um, right. where the unspeakable power comes in, but you, that wasn't really a big feature in our game. Um, it was mostly so the, the double crossing. Right. So the challenge I had was, you know, we built the world together, like on a, by working through a Google doc where I'd ask questions and give options and people would make choices, which was a lot of fun in and of itself. Yeah. Um, the challenge for me as the GM is um, most sessions, the players were not all together in the same place. So I was jump, you know, cutting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. from being just to these little individual scenes and so it was just really demanding on me because obviously you always have that how long has it been since i've talked to this character you know are they on pornhub now or you know are they still <laughs> so, did they ever uh, get off pornhub brad was in um, that for a while too wasn't he right yeah brad was in that <laughs> that was a while. a while ago yeah yep so it kind of just petered out um, my fault, um, you know, but there's a, there was a lot of interesting stuff there. There's another one similar to that, that I've got, that I've not looked at carefully called rebel crown. Oh yeah. yeah. A, I, I think it's that Kickstarter too. Yeah. I think it's a similar approach. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's very much, I mean, they talk in Scott, they talk about, you know, we wanted a game where we could you know, play like we were doing Game of Thrones, and yep. so this is what we came up with. It's challenging for players, also in that, like, that you know, we play kind of played Harn as a group, and you know, you gave us like if you know, like there, but in Scup, like there may have been temporary alliances, but you were always on your own. That was the feeling, like you know, it was very Game of Thrones in that respect. Like, you know, you could make temporary you know, kind of agreements with people, but like they were going to backstab you like as soon as you took a breath. So. Yep. I think yeah. I, I would want to do it again because I didn't quite appreciate it when I made my character and I would, I would want to think about it some more. It was interesting. Uh, made your character for that other one or for specifically this? 
No, no, for that other one, for Scum. Right, right. For, th- that's what for this, okay. for this, I think I lucked into a character. Well, I, I mean, I also had a feeling like when I knew what Rex wanted, I'm like, I don't want to be like a rat catcher, so I'm not going to roll on ramble random tables. That's when I asked you. Remember, I'm like, can I pick right. this? And you're like, yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's that may be the learning. Like we have to have that, you know, because and I knew, Re- and you know, maybe the other guys didn't fully process what Rex wanted out of this game. <laughs> so, although to be clear, I, I don't, I I would not have said before we had our first session that this is exactly where I wanted it to go. I mean, a big part of it was just when Art was describing Sir Castle. I just had that moment of, fuck it, I am just going to go for it. And if this blows up in my face and my character dies, oh well. But that's like, my my character has become, uh, he he became Littlefinger, although I'd like to think (laughs) Littlefinger when he was still a more optimistic and positive uh, person, you know before he had to murder his first baby in order to get something that he wanted. Mm. So, mm. Um, but I didn't really, like when I was making the character, I just wanted this, I had this cool, oh, I could be a cartographer. I'll, I'll be the guy that goes and, you know, draws the maps of the new land. Cause Art had kind of done the, you're going to be sent, you know, across the river to right. scout out this new place and to see if it could be settled or not. Um, so it really, it really wasn't until we were in Sir Capel's presence that I, I truly formulated the, this is, this is going to be the story of how Eamon rises to power or gets executed as a rebel. So, <laughs> and, and that's the thing, like I, um, in my head, like, again, like when I sort of prep, I'm like, okay, what, what avenues should I explore here just in case? And what I kind of figured would happen is you would go to Sir Cathal and he would sort of issue you like go negotiate with the barbarians or something, and then that would be the political part where you go and interact with the barbarians directly. And um, so that's why when you said no, I'm just going to take the place over, I was like, oh shit, um, and was not ready for that uh, in a good way. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of fun, but um, I just wanted to really quickly just so because I did call this Harn Aacia. Um, so I'll just show you guys one place really quickly that we never got to. Uh, mm. there was a right white rock in it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I made sure that the mountain that if you ever explored to this part, uh, it was going to be called white rock. So it actually fit in. Very cool. Cool. Uh, I like it. Awesome. Yeah. I like yeah. it. But, um, well, I, I do appreciate this guys. I hope at least if nothing else, I mean, we can all say we played Harn. That's right. Some Absolutely. level. Yeah. Um, so hopefully well, well, we this was played okay. Harn Master Harn in Master. Harn. So we yeah. we actually accomplished mm-hmm. two things. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, so like, you know, we can figure out what to do with this date. Um, you know, like we were saying, you know, before we recorded, there's things I, I can run, but I, I also am happy to yield the space to make room for other games to come back um, or start a new or whatever um but we can figure all that yes for uh <laughs> that's the thing you know like that's my hander yeah um wh- well, and the reason 
yeah, the reason I mentioned Zweihander was because two of you are players in that game. So right. Right. That, oh, I, yeah. that already that already does that. And I know Pete, he'll whore himself into the game in a heartbeat. <laughs> so he's right. not left out. Please, uh, please, so please. Really, can I, can I, can I? Yeah. It's me, Art, Jesse. Who was the and fourth? Crack. Oh, really, Yes. C-Rack playing C-Rack. himself in yeah. the Vanguard yeah. yeah. Thirty Years War. So, yep. um, so, uh, so I'll check with those guys um, yeah. and see you know, the, you know Jesse and C-Rack to see if they could commit to that. Uh, but if you wanted to run Twilight Two Thousand Fourth Edition art, I'd be all over that. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah. and that would be you running just... it, me playing. <laughs> right. and, and that would be designed as something smaller um yeah. but you know we can talk about that and figure it out and uh we can we can go from there so yeah let me just say uh i just want to thank all of you i'm going to stop the bots yeah, um, <laughs> um so good. i just want to thank you guys because this i i've you know i for at least some level i can cross this one off the list i got to do it and so i really yeah, appreciate no, that and uh, I, yeah, I thought I had a good time. So, you know, thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, thank you, Arn. Yeah. Thank so and now thank you very we'll, much. Uh, we'll put a ribbon on uh, Arn for now. It's done. So there we go. Wrap it up with a bow. Right. Do you Announce. even know how to stop the bots? Because like the bots always like are sending messages like, hey, did you forget about me? You uh, just a button, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> let me uh, let me start downloading it. And, no, you uh, don't have to download. Like, yeah, just do this. So no, I I don't. 